This is Connecting Dots from Fixed Cost Financial. Read the disclaimer in the show notes. Assume a conflict of interest with all companies discussed due to our extensive holdings. Let's begin. So we've laid the foundation for hydrogen. You either buy it or don't. I hope you do. I hope at the very least you have an open mind as to what's going on. And I hope you have an open mind that these environmentalists, climate change-ologists, and all this PC stuff, we can't let these folks drive the discussion anymore. At the same time, you can't have people who are in the oil industry driving the discussion or anybody who is not a base-level consumer. Look, companies are going to drive the discussion, but we should have a voice and a vote in this thing. It's not that we're stakeholders, we're shareholders. We are residents of this planet. And for right now, it's the only one we got. And that's not to sound like a green, environmentalist, tree-hugging nut job. It's called making efficient and effective use of the resources you have. For us here at Fixed Cost Financial, it's always about business. We're a lifestyle business. We're business as a lifestyle. So you might not think that much about hydrogen engines, but they're really similar to gas-powered motors in a whole lot of ways. You know, they both use, you know, for things like four-stroke engines, intakes, compression, ignition, exhaust, and they make sound. (laughs) Okay, that's what they do. But the difference is the type of exhaust and hydrogen engines, well, what they put out is not going to be the kind of exhaust that we have from combustible engines. Now, hydrogen is different from gas. You have air-fuel ratios, compression ratios, timing and ignition, energies. These are really different. One of the things about hydrogen, it has a much higher compression ratio because it has a much higher octane rating. Now, that's all really technical. I get that. But needless to say, hydrogen is really damn efficient. One of the things I want to do in these little vignettes, our bite-sized bites this week, is to give you these little things in short bites so that you can think about it. So, for example, fuel cells are a bit like a cross between an internal combustion engine and batteries. Okay, battery power. Like an internal combustion engine, it makes power by using fuel from a tank. There you go. And the fuel is pressurized hydrogen gas rather than gasoline or diesel. Pretty simple. But unlike the engine, the fuel cell doesn't burn the hydrogen. Instead, it's fused chemically with oxygen from the air. And it makes water. In the process, which resembles, again, what we just told you about the battery and the water, the little thing we told you to do, you can drive an electric motor. And those electric motors can drive a vehicle. The only waste product is water. And literally, it's so damn pure, you could drink it. I mean, think about it. Here's a silly thing to put in the back of your head. You have an exhaust pipe, and the back of your exhaust pipe is a container to grab the water so that when, you know, you stop and want to stretch your legs, you're refueling your fuel cell, you go in the back and you get a drink of water from your exhaust pipe. Now think about that. That's kind of crazy, but it gives you a visualization as to what we're talking about. Now, why should we, in theory and in practicality, be talking about hydrogen so much this week? Well, Here's the thing. It's a really cool idea. And in its simplest and most common, well, it is the simplest and most common chemical element that we have. And it makes up the vast majority, something like three quarters of all what is known as matter in the universe. Oh. In other words, if you want to have interplanetary space travel, you're going to have to learn how to make hydrogen in space. See how that works? And spaceships, rockets, that is a technology that scientists who are rocket scientists, they understand. We need to take that rocket scientist mentality and spread it out among you and I. So there's plenty of uh, hydrogen for everybody. But here's the problem. You've got to have a process to create it. And so we have to have these things like electrolyzers, okay? Real simple stuff. And we told you again about the battery. But 
Why are fuel cells taking so long to catch on? It's politics. Oh, me, oh, my. It's economics. And people do not want to put the money into the infrastructure to do what needs to be done. You know that and I know that. Now let me go back. Remember I talked to you a little bit about a horse? Why would I buy a car? A horseless carriage. And I can get my horse and I can ride anywhere on my horse. Engines backfire. They scare horses. Cars require roads. Oh, you have trains. They were called the iron horse. Do you see where we're going with this? Cars. How much power a car has is called horse power. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're still in the damn Stone Age in many ways. Cubic inch performance, and a lot of people like to hear horsepower, not cubic inch performance. So you can buy an ordinary car for a few thousand dollars, relatively, but a fuel cell vehicle, yeah, no, that's going to cost you a lot of money. Now, Toyota, the Mirai, has finally made itself widely available in 2016. Costs just under $60,000, but that's twice the price of a hybrid Prius. So one of the problems is cost, okay? And also, there's just not enough fuel stations out there. I mean, hardly anyone knows where, where the hell would you refuel these things? I mean, there's virtually no filling stations supplying pressurized hydrogen. And the hydrogen economy is just so far off, it's a dream. But it's a dream that's beginning to come into reality because of a gentleman who had started a truck manufacturing company. I got a fever. Guess what? baby just say it i could have used a little more cowbell guess what i got a fever i like what i'm hearing i gotta have more cowbell and this truck manufacturing company has pissed off elon musk now there's troubles with hydrogen producing it the electrolysis of the thing and there's just a lot of different issues that are involved but the technology is getting there we are so close we've had a really poor start in this area but we are so close to seeing some massively intelligent transportation methods, the compression of hydrogen, turning hydrogen, for example, the gas into a liquid, so that cars can carry enough of it in their tanks to go anywhere. That's the real problem. One of the problems is the density of hydrogen, the amount that's needed to get you from point A to point B. But here's the thing. Despite the fact that we may need five times as much volume for what gasoline burns, and that's not great, what we do have is rapid refill, which is not what you have currently with batteries that are fixed in vehicles. The recharge rates for Teslas, for example, you can't recharge a Tesla in 15 minutes, but you can refill a semi that is run on hydrogen in a matter of minutes. So, yes, there are inefficiencies. Many of these are beginning to be fixed as a result of good old-fashioned science and technology. But hydrogen has a lot of positive points. Is it a cure-all for what we need going forward? No, absolutely not. There are a lot of different things out there that will come into place. But hydrogen for long-haul trucking, mark my words, is something that those of you who understand and have good luck, we'll have the opportunity to make a boatload of money at some point in time in the future when companies that are now privately held begin to go public. Now, what we do when we connect dots is connect dots that are current and dots that are coming into focus. This is, if you want to call it, a connecting dots where we're focusing attention on something coming down line. Is it possible that we're going to be completely off? Sure. But to be completely off, you would have to eliminate all the technology that has already taken place, all the knowledge that people have on hydrogen, and you have to say, yeah, no, it doesn't work. Problem with that, it does. 
And the thing is, we really do need a majority of the population to start saying things like, we're mad as hell, we're not taking anymore. We want those who are in Washington to start thinking about it. And you waste money fighting all these damn wars and doing all of this political payola. How about putting some money into a project that can make us energy independent a lot quicker than if we did nothing at all? Again, think about it. This is Paul Truesdell, and you are listening to Connecting Dots. Make sure to read the disclaimer in our show notes before each episode. Connecting Dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Always read and all applicable information carefully before making an investment decision. Investments are not bank guaranteed, not FDIC insured, and may lose value. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed.